I have to ask you a couple of questions. What can you tell me about vampires? They exist. First he faced their gods. Then he battled their demons. But all that was only the beginning. He's come back. Vampire Final Solution. You can't win this war. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University. I am your professor, Mario Rivera. And joining me is the marvelous doctoral student, Sly Clone MC, who has a bachelor's in the MCU, a master's in the multiverse, and is going for their dissertation in Marvel Studies. Sly, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful today. <laughs> Here to talk with you about the iconic Blade Trinity. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We are, of course, uh, moving in to the final installment of the Blade series, of course, Blade Trinity, uh, uh, which I am excited for because uh, very much so this is our first completed story of this character. This is sort of where this character ends and is possibly entering now the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But will it be the last we see of this version of Blade? Who knows at this point? We're in a weird country right now, um, especially after <laughs> some trailers. So we'll see. We'll see how far they go with that. But uh, let's go ahead and get right on into it. Of course, moving into uh, history class, which, of course, we are talking about Blade Trinity, which came out in 2004. It is, of course, directed by David S. Goyer, who, uh, of course, written the last two uh, Blades, uh, this is his first directorial debut, and of course, uh, he's also been responsible for many movies, uh, specifically The Dark Knight and such. Um, this movie is in the part of the New, cinema, New Line Cinema series, uh, which of course is responsible for you know Lord of the Rings <laughs> for the most part, until Amazon bought the rights. So there's that. Or no, they didn't even buy the rights, actually. I heard that the rights are actually on sale for the movie, but they have TV rights. like acquired i don't know i don't it's, know it's too complicated it's a thing me. it's a thing but but of course this movie stars wesley snipes christoph christopherson i didn't even write his first name i just knew that there was two names <laughs> i just put christopherson <laughs> uh parker posey ryan reynolds uh dominic purcell jessica beale paul levesque aka triple h and many more uh there's quite a few other uh people in this movie too the amount of pure star power in this movie. People who are so iconic in, like, the Marvel Universe, yes. right? Yeah. To see when fucking Ryan Reynolds popped up, I lost it. When, <laughs> fuck, one of my notes is just me, all caps, Dracula is Mick Rory. Yes. From the, the DCCW show. He is. Um and the the actor that plays the Koning brothers, I was just losing it. But every time a new person popped up, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're in this movie." Yeah, this is actually a fun surprise because there are some people here that I didn't remember were like sort of background characters, like um the brother to Parker Posey, the one that is um sort of like took over Ryan Reynolds. Like her brother is like a, a famous, I, I didn't put him on this list, but he's an actor I've seen in so many things and he plays deliciously uh, evil people. So it was cool to just sort of see him part of the uh, ensemble bad guys. So that was real cool. Where can you stream this? Well, originally you could have streamed this on HBO max, but uh, it wasn't there when we went to go watch it. Instead, I think we, I found it on, was it Peacock? I think it's Peacock, on Peacock. Yeah. So you can watch it for free with ads um, on Peacock. It's not the movie's not censored. It's just the fact that they just cut in specific places where they insert ads. But that's where you could currently find it. I think you can find all three Blade films there. So if you do want to just shot them through, you can. So enjoy that. But uh, can you tell us about the plot of Blade Three? It is a plot. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so Blade Trinity. Blade finds himself alone, surrounded by enemies, fighting an uphill battle with the vampire nation, and now humans. He joins forces with a group of vampire hunters who call themselves 
the Night Stalkers. The Vampire Nation awakens the King of Vampires, Dracula, from his slumber with the intentions of using his primitive love to become Daywalkers. On the other side is Blade and his team, manifesting a virus that could wipe out the vampire race once and for all. In the end, the two sides will collide and only one will come out victorious, a battle between the ultimate vampire who never knew defeat, facing off the greatest vampire slayer. I'm actually going to go ahead and applaud that one. That was actually well written by this That's person. a great plot. Yeah, it got every detail in, no superfluous bullshit, just sort of just got all the nice details. Thank you, Jay, from IMDb, who whenever you wrote that, uh, <laughs> you currently are my favorite <laughs> in terms of writing a description of what this movie is and all the places. Of course, the comic book characters in this film is Blade and the Night Stalkers, which is a concept that was from the comics. Hannibal King, who Ryan Reynolds plays, is a character in there, um, but he's a vampire, so it's a little different, but still, uh, there's some concept of that in this movie. Uh, Abigail, though, I think is a made-up character because Whisker <laughs> was a made-up character, and then I think they just mm -hmm. sort of just did it from the continuity. And I think it makes sense, uh, you know, for all purposes, they sort of just retconned. Um, which I thought was, there was something wrong with the story about how his, how could his kid be alive because I thought that he was, she was dead, but this makes sense because this was something that happened after that. It seems like so. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that all totally makes sense. So now we're at the moment where we get to talk about did this movie hold up? Let's actually talk about uh, at the Stanley Seminar. Sly, what do you think of Blade Trinity? I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. <laughs> Like, I like. I know we've watched better movies for this show, yeah. but I think this is the one I had the most fun with. And like, there, there are some things that do not hold up. Uh, there are some questionable, you know, choices made that we, you know, need to acknowledge. But I just had such a blast. I like <laughs> this movie was just so fun for me. I like every moment had its hooks in me and i was just along for the ride no i i, I can somewhat agree watching it like i would I, I was afraid going into it knowing that i thought it was always the weakest one out of the three um however with years pass and time pass by and for the people involved in the actual movie just watching them is honestly a part of the fun seeing ryan reynolds be mm -hmm. ryan reynolds this is peak ryan reynolds don't get me wrong um, but also seeing other people on the opposite side on the bad guys. Like I love triple H in this. He was so goofy. Uh, just being this hulking, like baby man <laughs> with dog with little Pomeranian dogs. And then you get Parker Posey who is just having fun doing this weird vampire thing and looks fantastic by the way. Uh, just wanted to bring that up. Um, yeah. but also I've, I've, and like you said, I've fallen in love with Dominic Purcell, who of course, is Dracula in this because of uh, <laughs> oh my god because of the DC universe uh, sorry the CW shows and so mm -hmm. for him to be Dracula I'm just loving everything that he's doing um, even when he goes into that Dracula shop or what I heard Gothic Hot Topic um, was yeah <laughs> what a blast <laughs> um, is it a perfect movie no I mean I it's 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 ridiculous beyond ridiculous but at the end of the day it's just like what am I here for? I'm here to have vampires get killed and have fun. And I'm happy that on both sides there are people that I could honestly have fun with. So can we just like get the parts that don't hold up out of the way Go so that it. I can just gush about this Go movie? Ahead. Go okay. Ahead. So like I think I have of an idea. Course this is a mid two thousands movie. Like there's there's some issues. Yeah. Um I know that at the time fruitcake like it's technically a slur uh-huh uh-huh it made me laugh and <laughs> i'm queer so i'm allowed to say it's okay <laughs> like i understand like that at the time was definitely not cool yeah but we're so far removed from that and like that's something that's not really in common vernacular to be weaponized mm -hmm. against queer people as much anymore so it made me laugh um but you know it's there it's a problem um and then also we have a blind character played by a sighted actor which 
you know, if you're going to have a blind character, hire a blind actor. There's so many talented black actors out there. It's not hard. Uh, but I will say, on that note, the blind joke that they made was really funny. It was really well written. <laughs> she said something along the lines of, like, uh, for the sighted people, hear show and tell or whatever. And that that was great. That was an awesome line. I loved it. Um so yeah, like there's there's problems here, but none of them too egregious or outrageous to like pull me out of my pure enjoyment of this film. <laughs> what are what are some of the aspects that yeah made you like sort of really have a good time with this one? Was it the the characters? Because I mean, what was what was it that was like? Yeah, this is the most fun I'm having so far. It was just. Like, we got to see so much more from the characters we already knew mm -hmm. and get to flesh out more about their stories. The action was great. Um, they once again changed the vampire death uh, effect. Yes. But this is probably my favorite. I mean, obviously, it's the most advanced like CGI yeah. that we've seen so far. But it was so sparky. It was really fun. Um, and then also, you know, it's just so humorous. Like, yes, it was, like, dark and gritty, but it, I mean, you have Ryan Reynolds. Like, you can't make it too serious if you have Ryan Reynolds in your cast. No, not at all, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think this is definitely the most, um, even in terms of the look of the, sh the movie, it, it looks, it's the most light in, out of the two, um, where I feel like um, the first, the first two had a very distinctive color palette to them where it was very much a bluish to like a white light um, to then two, which was like more orangey yellowy. This one I feel definitely was like sort of like in between like a sort of silver um, where it was just sort mm -hmm. of like metallic. And I think it's because of the locations that they're in. They're pretty much only two, which I find shocking. In this movie. There's like two locations and then a rooftop scene <laughs> for the most part. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, yeah, I think, this movie for me, and this is just, you know, I think the movie still suffers in terms of like the plot just, just, is just kind of nonsensical. There's a, there's, um, I don't know, but it's okay. Like, again, I'm, I'm really just there to do it. I do find that this movie felt cheaper for some reason, I guess, in comparison to watching the other two. And I think that mm -hmm. took away from some things. But, um, the other thing I will say is that I wish that I felt like I had more time with Blade. But then Blade doesn't really say much in any of the movies. So it's like, what am I even saying? Um, there's even less people right. that he's partied with in this one than he was in the last one. Um, and still isn't enough. Um, you know, doesn't do much anything. So really him just being a presence is all I need. And I think I got that pretty much overall through the movie. Um, yeah. I will say, like, I'm very high on this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but one is definitely, like, the definitive, like, mm -hmm. It doesn't hold a candle to Blade. Um, and, like, just, like, when I'm thinking about how much I enjoyed this movie and how much I enjoyed these characters, it's because of the foundation we had. Yeah. Like, we have these dark, gritty, serious, dramatic movies. And for them to wrap up this series with something more lighthearted and a mm -hmm. little brighter colors, it just, like... It made me feel like I went on a journey with these characters, yeah. and it was just such a great wrap up to the story for me. Yeah, and I agree. And I mean, and, and given like, I feel like the other plots were about some other things that were sublined or subtext in the in the movie, and this one just straight up, it's Blade versus Dracula. That's the movie, and I think that's fun. Mm -hmm. I think that's totally okay because uh, at the end of the day, you just want to see these characters do cool stuff, and I think you do, um, even if it has that early two thousand CG specifically the like the light bow and arrow thing that she has where it'll just like <laughs> it's yeah. rough but <laughs> it's cool it's, it's interesting <laughs> and then you want i want to see all of their different technology because that shotgun that he had looked cool it's like five barrels on it and shoots literally everything um but yeah, like just having just having them have fun, having their own like different things that they do. Like clearly, like she loves doing the bow and arrow and doing like hand to hand combat while listening to an MP3 player. And then you got <laughs> Ryan Reynolds who just will not shut the hell up, but he's using every gun that he possibly has in his pockets. Um, yeah, I, I overall I think that this is a movie that you turn your brain off, but that's because it's just you just want to see cool stuff happen, and I think that's totally fine. Um, 
this was never a series where I'm like, I'm looking for Shakespearean opera. I'm looking for, no, I'm looking for vampire killing. Right. Like, I, like, I want to see how cool I will. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you have something to say? Yeah, I was just, I was just going to say on, on the topic of Abigail, it reminds me of mm-hmm. the, the final thing that kind of like, the one thing that almost took me out of this movie is the amount of time she's wearing like a crop top. I'm sure. like, you're literally going to fight vampires in a battle and blades in like full armor yeah. and she's here in a crop top like that was a bit of sec uh bit taken me out there there was the like one she had like three outfits and one was like a long sleeve shirt and i was like okay we're getting there and then she went back to the like crop shirt and i was yeah. like mm. I did, I did like that at one point she had an outfit where it was like a vest thing, but then to pull out the bow, she had to unzip her arms and pull out pull yeah. out the guns and then do that. And I was like, that's interesting. I'm very I curious. loved that outfit. Yeah. I wonder if it's to stop the restrict. Like, I'm curious what the like process of like when they do that, maybe it's possibly like so that way there's no, sh- no friction on it. But um, overall, yeah, I thought that was cool. Like, I, I, I like Abigail a lot. She doesn't get a lot to do in this movie. Other than just be quiet for most of it, like she's the quiet. She's obviously the opposite yeah. of of Ryan Reynolds in a lot of ways. She doesn't have a whole lot of like. Other than just be a killer, right? Other than being killing vampires, mm-hmm. she doesn't do much else. Other than having one scene th- remembering about her father, which I thought actually was, uh, and I don't know if, if I can confirm this or not. I thought that scene was just taken straight out of Blade 1 because it looked very similar to a scene in Blade 1 where he's, like, talking to... Um, I thought so. Karen, right? But the dialogue mm-hmm. uh, makes it sound like that it's him talking. So I thought that was a little weird. I, I need to look up that scene again because that looked way too close to the Blade 1, but... I thought they just ripped it straight out of Blade 1. At yeah. least the dialogue, it felt really similar. And I'm... Um, good. I was thinking how, how they had, like, Chris Officer's, like, time on the set because spoilers obviously this is the second time he's died but he comes back in the middle of the movie as a disguised uh you know sexy uh dracula which by the way i have to point out every time he transforms he never changes clothes he just changes form uh-huh. because you see the, the lawyer and he has the sexy clothes on. <laughs> like what the hell and then he transforms into him but yeah i love that for him um yeah i really liked Abigail, mostly for her action scenes, yes. like everything they did with her was so cool. Um, I thought the action in this movie was some of the most fun we've seen, especially with, at, like we start at the beginning, we don't even know who she is yet. And we have that fight in the, the subway station with the garlic baby and yes. the knife boots. I was just that was just so fun all of the action is just so engaging in this movie yeah i had fun i love the concept they're shooting arrows just like you can't shoot around corners she's like i can and she's like <laughs> does it and i'm like that's so yeah. cool um i will say i will uh i'm gonna say that i like this action better than blade 2 because as much as i'm like oh i'm a huge wrestling fan a lot of the the action in that is like cgi like we're gonna do uh i'm running up a thing and doing a power Mm -hmm. slam or i'm doing this and doing that and it looks it doesn't it doesn't hold up today but i have an actual wrestler in the movie and he does a power slam and i'm like yes so i i'm gonna say i prefer very much the action going on in here um specifically Mm -hmm. for sure uh the whole breakout scene mm -hmm. was just incredible that was i think I was like in it this movie and then you know he's there and he's getting rescued but kind of reluctantly and just like that whole progression is what like really hooked me and I was like oh I'm loving this movie. (laughs) I do like the the beginning premise which of course is uh it's the same thing that we've seen I believe in the last uh two uh Blade movies where it's opening fight scene or opening setup to a fight scene and we're getting you know him doing cool action he's doing this cool chase but i love the fact that yeah it was a twist on it where it's like oh he accidentally killed a human in broad daylight or not broad daylight in broad you know for people to see and out it was recorded open. out in the open that's the right term uh and it's recorded and it's put on the like he's now famous for being this this sort of person murdering people um and he murders a human which is familiar and yeah now it's actual humans fighting against him and that brings on uh the fact that yeah we get the loss of 
uh, Whistler again, um, which to me was sad because I, I really like that character and I wish mm-hmm. that he was in the movie more. Um, but at the same time, it really was just to introduce the fact that there is another group of people out there that are also doing this. Um, what did you think of the Night Stalkers overall and their operation? I do have a fun trivia fact about the base that I want to read here really quick. Uh, I, at, at the beginning, I was like, mm, this feels a little shoehorned in. Sure. Uh, and then eventually I was like, they're fun. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of wish there was more tidbits of them sprinkled throughout the other movies. So it wasn't yeah. quite as a shock when they come in. Um, but I, I mean, I can't fault the other movies for not setting that up until here but it just felt a little shoehorned into me yeah it would have been cool if like whistler was like yeah i have some friends and but we never see them but they keep like supplying with stuff mm-hmm. and then this is the movie where it's like oh this is how they're getting all their equipment like how he explains things like so far we think that whistler's making everything but i do like the idea that maybe he's in collaboration with a cell of these people um but ultimately it's just sort of like you know they just show up because there is some you know, Deus Ex thing that needs to happen, but that's that's fine. The piece of trivia I did want to say though is that the actual um, location for their base, uh, mm-hmm. the trivia here is the old barge uh, that the Night Stalkers use as their lair was originally a floating McDonald's restaurant built for the Expo in '86, held in Vancouver. Uh, so that is incredible. Yes. So this <laughs> they they're literal their lair is literally a McDonald's. <laughs> Which uh, makes me quite laugh. The other piece of news, uh, the other piece of trivia, I guess, is the bad guy's lair, that big hallway with like the, all the pillars and stuff like that. That's actually a set for uh, one of the Stargate TV shows. So Nice. Yeah, so they literally are just borrowing TV show play, uh, stuffs and putting it in here, which, hey, Vancouver, right? It's going to have a majority of TV show stuff hitting all throughout it. Mm-hmm. I also loved um, all the little like fun set design uh, mm-hmm. pieces that were littered through like the Dracula comic yes. was so cool to see like they're holding like an actual Dracula comic in the movie that yeah, was Marvel like, Comics group was on the top of it yeah. yeah that is yeah I think that is the actual Mar- Dracula comic from the, the comics who I guess I, I didn't write him as a comic book character because he's such an ambiguous character but yeah Dracula is in the MCU mm-hmm. uh, he <laughs> there's obviously fake uh, Moon Knight memes that I keep finding him where he apparently owes him money um, which is pretty funny but yeah Dracula is a character um, but this is obviously their version of that character um, there's another thing I had written down here. What was it? Uh, I will get to it. But basically, overall, um, this is the director, uh, the writer of the last two movies becoming the director. Overall, what did you think of the direction of the movie? I think this is really the only movie he's done. I'm going to triple check on that, but I don't know. What, what do, you, do you feel like this felt like a first time's outer, like outing of a movie or? I... I wouldn't have known it was the first time director mm-hmm. just by me watching it. But when I'm thinking about it, there's little bits and pieces you can see that, you know, aren't as polished as you would see from a more experienced director. Mm-hmm. But I think what's most important in directing is keeping the spirit and the heart of the project in mind and you know he's worked on the past two he knows the story he knows the characters and i think that really shines through and like it doesn't matter so much about the other like more technical pieces because you have such a strong heart and center yeah to the story that the rest is you know just bonus yeah for sure for sure um, it looks like he has directed some movies after that, but I believe it's only like three here. Let's see here. Yeah, The Unborn and The Invisible, which I've never seen either of them. So hmm, I'm very I'm very curious about that. Uh, but he's obviously written a thousand things, including the Blade TV show, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is canon to this universe. But we will probably not be talking about that unless uh, people <laughs> want to pay us to watch a TV show. Um, otherwise, <laughs> we're focusing on the movies. Um, but yeah. If uh, we get a Patreon, we'll do that. Yeah, if we get a Patreon, <laughs> then we'll definitely do that. Was there any other major things that you want to talk about before we move on to the rest of the show? 
Um, ooh, the only other big like action moment we haven't talked about is the sword fight at the end. Oh, yes. Yes. Which was just like with we've seen so much different fighting styles from Blade mm-hmm. and obviously like he's a very talented like stunt fighter, right? Yeah. And we've seen so many different styles. Um, but seeing him sword fighting was just so fun and like I, Wesley Slipes is so co- competent at everything it feels like yes. just everything he does looks great um but yeah i just like that sword fight was so fucking cool yeah i uh i'm a huge fan of wesley sides in terms of his action um specifically this movie but also in the demolition man which is uh one of my favorite movies of all time uh to see him actually fight against someone that is confident and comparable to him uh, on a sort of sword level we haven't really gotten that in the last two ones i think there was a little bit of like a back and forth with deacon frost in the first one but this was finally like a little bit but honestly that was just so he could cut him in half and he would reform and just be bad just being badass you know um (laughs) i just remember that move so much yeah it's so good Sorry, that movie's so iconic. I love Deacon Frost so damn much. <laughs> I really wish they just brought him back for even like a little, like a random cameo, even if it was like a memory or something. Um, I miss him mm-hmm. so much. But of course, uh, there's some other things I do want to bring up that you might not be aware of on, on this set. This set had a lot of problems, specifically that uh, Wesley Snipes was actually very uh, hard to work with because he thought mm-hmm. that bringing in the Night Stalkers was their back-end way of how they could do more movies without him. And so there would be a Night Stalker mm. series and going forward. And so he was apparently... And he was, an, he was a producer, and they were trying to... Which is... They were just basically not keeping him in with some information. And it sounds like, yeah, there was a lot of strife on sets. Uh, it's been heavily documented by conversations with Patton Oswalt, who plays their sort of uh, tech guy who makes all the weapons. By the way, cute little Easter egg, he's wearing a four on his shirt symbolizing uh of course the fantastic four uh, which came out the year after uh which was kind of cool um even though new line cinema had nothing to do with it he was just uh, he's just such a, <laughs> such a nerd that they allowed him to wear a fantastic four t-shirt so that's, that's kind of awesome cool. um but yeah he, he's told stories uh and there was also eventually some racial epithets thrown at each other uh, but to be fair i don't think crackers uh, <laughs> but whatever um depending on who you ask i guess um but yes uh this movie overall for me it's 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 pretty fun i still enjoy watching it if i was having a blade night (laughs) i would still watch this i would still be totally down to see blade tree so yeah um let's go ahead and start moving on to our next class uh we're gonna go right into drama class where we get to act out some of our favorite scenes. We have a couple scenes here uh, that are pretty fun. There's a lot of Ryan Reynolds things that we could obviously do, but <laughs> we're not Ryan Reynolds, and I can't say uh, some of the, I cannot say it with confidence without feeling bad about the things he says. So these are probably the most tame out of them all, but we're gonna have some fun. Uh, the first, I think we only have one Ryan Reynolds quote in here. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the one that you put. I think that is the one you put. Yeah. So. Uh, let's go ahead and go for the first one. Uh, do you want to be Blade or do you want to be the doctor? How to be the doctor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we didn't talk about the doctor. I loved him. He was He's fun. So... He only has a scene and a half, but I do love that he has like two minutes with Blade and then he walks us like, he is psychotic. <laughs> like he is messed up. Um, but yes. Right. So the doctor, he's interrogating blade basically and he's like do you know what day it is how about the president you know who that is who's in the white house right now an asshole and this is 2004 so that's what bush Bush. right he's talking about bush (laughs) still applies somehow still applies you know it still applies i feel like no matter when you watch this movie You can relate a little bit to that line, yes. especially the previous couple years. Yes, for sure. Um, do you want to be Dracula okay. or do you want to be Blade? Oh, I want to be Drake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, you're Blade tonight. Um, <laughs> I should have glasses Blade. on. I feel bad. <laughs> Ready to die? 
I was born ready, motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker. I like that. <laughs> uh, you don't Just get a like mo- the sense of wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because this is... Like, oh, we didn't even talk about really about the goth scene. But yeah, you're right. Like, there is... Yeah. Well, hold on. We're back in the seminar for a second. Yes. Drake, Drake's like going through the world and seeing these things. And then he goes to a Dracula hot topic. And you, all the things that they have in there is hilarious. I love that they have <laughs> Count Dracula cereal, uh, which I love. I, I drink it every Halloween. But the uh, specifically the Dracula appendage that you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, yeah, that's very, a great moment. <laughs> very graphic. Um, but yeah, uh, what, what, so we didn't talk about Dracula. What are your thoughts on Dracula? Pretty much. He's amazing. I love the actor. I, I mean, I loved him I, as Vic Roy. I loved him in fucking Prison Break. Like, yes. he's just so fun. And it, it's capturing this, like, very ethereal presence of a very old knowledgeable being with also a sense of wonder of how the world has changed mm-hmm. over you know the like thousands of years he's been out of it and i just think that balance is so fun and makes for such an interesting antagonist and like i was kind of rooting for him the whole time <laughs> just because i love him so much uh but yeah no Dracula is great. I enjoyed every minute of him. I've, I think I wish I had more with him, but yeah, I agree. Every time I see mm-hmm. him on screen, I was having fun. And it's only and a lot of it is because at the time, I didn't really know him as an actor, and I only got what I got. But knowing what he can do and what he's capable of, I want every second of him to be more on the screen. So, uh, And there's even a way where I feel like if, if they were not the ones that found him and maybe... He was brought back with by another group of people, and they hopefully talked to him. I just felt like he could have been a good guy, but that's just me. Uh, even though he's very yeah. hard hardcore old school, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's just because I want him to be a good guy. It was a really interesting dichotomy between him yeah. and um, like the council we've seen previously, yes. who are so much about like rah rah purism, mm-hmm. vampires old blood families whatever and then for to have dracula come in and be like nah y'all are like diluted like yeah. not pure of blood it was just like such a wonderful fuck you to i'm sorry it's snowing outside that's okay very hard <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like i just thought it was a wonderful like f you to the previous antagonist i agree I do agree. Uh, if I had a list of my, my antagonist right now, I am still Deacon Frost because I just love that man. Dracula's right there, and then I would go to Calmos at the bottom. But still, all three I think are pretty fun. So, for sure. Uh, okay, let's finish up uh, drama class here. I believe you have this. Which What was the context of their waging uh, the, this, this quote again? So, it's Whistler talking to Blade right before they blow up the base. <laughs> and and he's showing the footage of the tv and blade's like ah whatever like i'm doing my job and whistler goes they're waging a goddamn pr campaign (laughs) and as a person who works in social media and like pr relations that just cracked me up it was so well delivered that's awesome that's awesome such an iconic moment that is pretty iconic (laughs) um and then the one hannibal king line that we do have do you want to go for it Take it away. Okay. I'll try to do my best Ryan Reynolds. Hang on one second. Okay. I'm sorry. I uh, ate a lot of sugar today. (laughs) (laughs) God. So good. Love him. Love him so much. That includes drama class. Going into Music Room, uh, where, of course, soundtracks of this era are known for their uh, bangers, right? So was there any songs that hold up in this movie that are considered bangers today? Now, I personally didn't think much of the soundtrack, but there are a few tracks that I do like. Um, there, of course, is the, in the, the... It's sort of like after the attack of Drake attacking the guys in the office, and after he catches the baby, mm-hmm. Coochie Coo, there is a song that like <laughs> overlays into the, the... like There's sort of this like like person speaking 
that then goes into the credits that I actually found really, really solid. Um, but overall, go ahead. I, yeah, I was just going to say th- it doesn't have as many like iconic pieces, yeah. but I really enjoyed how this movie played with music, with the soundtracks, um, the like playlists as sh- during the fight scenes. I think this was the best use of music in general that we've seen so far. Yes. Um, and like w- the specific songs don't stand out as much as like a hero per se, yeah. but I thought the way they used music in this film was really well done. And like the whole time I was just rocking out to the playlist. Now, do you know who did the, the score actually? I did not so, see who did the score. The score who did this which I thought was blew my mind, is the same guy who did Game of Thrones and Westworld. Uh, Ron, Ron and uh, Rami. I love him. Oh my god! He did. He did Game he of did, Thrones, um, Iron Man, and yes. Didn't he just do uh, Eternals? I believe he did do just. Yep, he did do Thank Eternals. You. Yeah, he did Eternals. I as love well. him. He's so. Talented. Everything he does is iconic. No wonder I had so much fun with the music of this movie. Yes, of course. Uh, he is a protege of Hans Zimmer, and uh, the, he also co-collaborated with this uh, the soundtrack with RZA from the Wu Tang Clan. And uh, RZA also probably helped with all those um, rap influences that are heavily within the soundtrack here as well. So yeah, uh, pretty kind of cool to see him go from this movie to being like, in my opinion, some of the most iconic stuff ever um, and Mm -hmm. continuously kills it. So good on him. He's also, I thought he was uh, a lot younger. He's about 47 right now. Um, So yeah, we have so many more years for him to compose amazing things. So I wanted to at least bring him I've loved everything he's done that I've seen so far. Just such incredible mastery of different styles and genres to mm-hmm. really fit the emotion of specific scenes. And so many times we see composers, especially when they're doing like big projects, like a long standing series or a long film, um, they kind of have one vibe all the way through. And he really plays with different genres of different uh, chord projects in a way that's really interesting so yeah oh, okay. sorry i'm nerding out about it no it's good i'm glad i'm glad i was able to uh reveal something to you in the podcast so you can nerd out about it by the way so i looked them up just to go on um on google really quick one of the top questions for people search for is how do i contact him <laughs> i'm like what and then yeah there's an answer it's like you can fill out a booking request uh or call a specific number to talk about your event so Go ahead and try and Google that and see if you can get him to uh, score your next movie or wedding or whatever you want. I don't think any of us can afford him, uh, but no. if you can, good for you. You must have the book. If can you uh, fund us, that'd be great. That'd be wonderful <laughs> if you could do that. But uh, that closes out music room. We're gonna go ahead and move to my favorite segment, which of course is quiz time. Ooh, let's see how this goes. I only got three questions for you this week, and one of them is the obvious question. The first question is the obvious one. Is Stanley in this movie? I don't think so. I did not see Stanley. Uh, so I'm going to go is, no, but I could have very much missed it. He is not in this movie. He is not. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I looked very deep to make sure, like, what am I missing? What are that? No, it just sounds like he was in this movie. Of course, he was going to be in the first one, uh, but it was sadly cut, and he didn't make it in the second one and the third one. So this is a series that he sadly missed out on, um, and looks like he will continue to miss on because he will not be possibly in the Blade movie. Um, however, mm-hmm. he did not create this character, so it's okay. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> Mark Wolfman, but that's okay. Um Moving on. So you got the first one right. So that's good. So this is going to be part of our show and tell this week, which, by the way, last week, if you saw, uh, we showed uh, watching Sly watch both um, (laughs) Alfred Molina get surprised by William Defoe and J.K. Simmons wearing this Spider-Man outfit and jumping on his desk. Uh, This week, uh, (laughs) here's part of this question. Number two, there is an alternate ending to this film. That features the Night Stalkers to continue the hunt 
after uh, all the vampires have been eradicated. So at the end of this movie, all the vampires were going to be eradicated, not just this area, which they didn't make clear at the end of this film, but it's mm-hmm. kind of assumed with the end of this movie that Blade is still doing his thing. So yeah, that's fine. Which by the way, I didn't even know there was, there was a post credits. The post credits is Blade riding in a car. That's it. That's all it is. But the alternate ending is uh, they start fighting monsters. What monsters do you think they're fighting? Is it A, oh. werewolves, B, ghosts, C, zombies, D, aliens? Ah, oh, that's a good question. Um, of course, like, zombies have been pretty iconic in Marvel comics as existing yes also aliens are very common (laughs) i i don't remember like any standout moments of werewolves or ghosts so i'm guessing it's probably either zombies or aliens uh which one am i gonna go with yeah what's your final answer while i set uh set up show and tell up (sighs) that's a good question i feel like Zombies might be too on the nose, which could mean it's that or not. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say aliens. You're gonna say aliens. Mm-hmm. The answer is werewolves. <laughs> the answer is oh like, really? They straight up are just not going even after... close. No, they straight up are going for <laughs> werewolves. Um, so. Give me a second. I'm going to go ahead and get this set up so that way we can do this. Uh, let's see here. Uh, one second. I'll cut this, obviously. <laughs> Just try to fix yeah. this. Okay. Like, how am I, I'm like, how did I do this? Can't. Ah. One second. But yes, it is not uh, aliens. However, it would be hilarious if they were just like, yeah, let's just do aliens. Why not? (laughs) How did I do this last time? Did I not? Oh, wait. No, that's not. Is that what I did? I think that's what I did. Yep, there it is. Window capture. It is now the alternate ending. Turn that on. Okay. Transition. Our background is also the window capture in small, I think. Oh, it is. You're right. <laughs> I just noticed that. <laughs> oh, because I tried to do that first and that did not work. Uh-huh. There we go. So I turn our I turn off the image so that way I can just do this. Yeah. All right. And then I'm gonna like go. switch it. I'm going to switch it here so you can see it at full screen. Change windows to, uh, here it is. There you go. All right, make that full screen again. Cool. Okay, here we go. We're, yep, everything's still recording. Okay. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and show you the werewolf alternate ending. Oh, boy. Some nice space going. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) Just like how he's smacking them. Yeah. What the hell are you doing here? I do love how it just feels opposite. Oh, opposite of everything else in the movie. Mm-hmm. Just so casual. What do you get when you cross a vampire with a werewolf? You get a that sticks to your neck. Found it. What is she wearing? 
I don't know, but she looked like she came out of Pokemon. And that is it. I, I was thinking, um, oh gosh, Lazy Town. That's the vibes I was getting with that. Oh, man. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, that is the... Am I wrong? You're not wrong. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> it absolutely, all she needed was like a squiggly mustache and then totally... Uh -huh. She's the opposite color. But she does, she does look like also a uh, Pokemon pr protagonist as well. But yes, that's 100% lazy town. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, so the third question is the first movie kind of is sort of like L.A., right? Sort of like the sort of like L.A. town. The second movie is like world traveling, world, you know, world gathering, like totally, you know, some Eastern Europe place, right? Where do you think this movie is set? Well, like, part of the movie is in, uh, like, Iraq or, like, the Syrian desert or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't give much thought to where else it was. Oh, gosh. I may have gave it up it, earlier, it, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's some, like, port town, some... Oh, if you is it in Vancouver? Movie just takes place in Vancouver. They just there's French All right. there's just French signs in the background, <laughs> and I'm just like, where does this take place? And I looked it up. I was like, oh, just Vancouver. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right. You filmed your movie in Vancouver, and it just takes place in Vancouver. Got it. All right, good tax break, I guess. It was not a place I was expecting Blade to be, um, but you know, right? Yeah, <laughs> what's he doing then? <laughs> like he just wanted to hang out in Canada. That's where their base of operation is now. Um, but yeah, I believe that what I found is that it's in it's in Vancouver. So two out of three ain't bad, Sly. Uh, but of course, the second question was really just a trick you to not think vampires or not think werewolves. <laughs> so that's really, really yeah, pretty much why that was there. Uh, overall, uh, we're going to go ahead and close out head to homeroom and talk about our final thoughts on the film. Sly, what are your final thoughts on the film? Do you recommend, recommend this movie? Does it hold up? And how does it compare it to what you're expecting for the future of Blade? I, I, again, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely not the best we've seen so far, but I think it holds up pretty well. And I would 100% recommend watching this. Like, I just had so much fun. Like, obviously, like, Blade 1 and 2 did so much in establishing these characters and giving us this emotional connection with this story. Um, and, I mean, I don't think you're going to enjoy this if you haven't seen the other two. I agree. But just in general, it was... It was so fun. It was action-packed. The music's great. Overall, just like a pleasant viewing experience. Yeah. Overall, I'm in the similar boat. I do think that this is uh, the weaker of the three, but it doesn't mean that I, it's not something that I think is still entertaining. It's something that you can just watch and have a good time. And especially since it's on a streaming service like Peacock, where you have all three available to you, there's no reason not to watch this one as well, in my opinion. Um, at least to have it in your, you know, your, your blade knowledge. And, uh, overall, what do you think about this character now going into the MCU? This is the end of the blade trilogy, the end of the standalone blades. Uh, where are you excited for this character to go? I know we may or may not have gotten a teased in the end of Eternals of where he might be mm -hmm. heading, but what, what, what now excites you knowing now learning what you now know about the character going forward? I really like this character. I would be really interested to see what they do. Like, I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked into much about what they're talking about going mm -hmm. forward. Um, if they bring him back or if they have somebody else play him. Um, I I just want to see more from this character in general. I think it's um, with the direction that the MCU is going in with upcoming projects. They're going darker. They're going grittier. I think, of course, at the beginning, Blade would have no place in the MCU, but I think they're slowly trying to toe that line, especially with, say, we'll see how Moon Knight goes, but they're pushing that as really gritty, really dark, really serious. 
So I can I can see a Blade being a prominent character in the future of the MCU. I don't think we're quite there yet, but I'm really excited. I want more from him. Yeah, me too. And I'm very excited for Mahershali's take on the character. Um, the little voice tease that we got at the end of Eternals. Spoilers for Eternals. Uh, yeah, uh, just that little bit helps is excites me. And I'm very curious what he has to do with uh, that character, Dane Whitman, uh, from Eternals. And what their connection is going to be potentially in his movie. So that to me excites me alone. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm I very, very much love this character. Uh, Wesley Snipes to me is always the definitive, but that doesn't mean I'm excited for new changes and new, new futures. So very, very excited to see what comes next. But of course, sure. that is that is all of our thoughts on Blade Trinity. Again, goodbye, Blade. We, we're moving on to the future. We still have a thousand more X-Men movies uh, <laughs> that we need to see. This um, is our first finished series. That's, that's so right. exciting. And then next week uh, is going to be our second one <laughs> when we end our uh, sort of extended <laughs> Daredevil Electra universe by watching uh, 2004's uh, Electra. So that, I've never seen it. I'm excited to totally just take it in because I had a good time with uh, the, the Daredevil movie. I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm not a huge knowledgeable person on Electra, so I'm um, just taking me on a ride. Let's see, let's see what this is about. And uh, yeah, all, all the only knowledge I have, like I said, is the trailer. And the trailer was cool from what I remember. Then after that, because I do want to mention the fact that we're going to finally be entering another series. Of course, that is the Fantastic Four. So I finally get to talk about the Fantastic Four. Which I am the most I excited about. Nothing oh about Fantastic God. Four. I'm you, so excited. Do you not know who's casting it either? No idea. Don't look. Just Should don't I look, look it up? No, don't look. At, don't look. Okay. Try not to. Just I won't try, look at anything. Try not to, because if you don't know who's in the cast, it's even funnier. So that's I have that's no idea. So this is this is great. Wait, I think I know one person. I think you, I think you would know. I, yeah, but, I think, that's it. Yeah, I think you would. Okay. Everyone probably know that one. Um, but yeah, uh, that of course has been our talk about Blade Trinity. We'll, we'll see you next week for Electra. And uh, until next time, oh, I'm sorry, plugs, plugs. Before I go, Sly, where can they find you? Ah! You can find me everywhere on the internet at SlickLetMC. You can also find me on Stark Radio on YouTube and Twitch. And you can find me at Point in Progress, where this show is home to. That's right, of course. There you go. You can find me at Point in Progress. You can find me at uh, MC University. And, of course, you can find me uh, doing some cool stuff over there at Tech Raptor. Uh, I've been doing a lot of TikToks for them. I did a very successful Uncharted one that I'm still over the moon about. That had over 10,000. Um, and, uh, yeah, keep it going there. So if you please follow me, that would be very happy. But until next time, the last is dismissed. War alone. Who the hell are you people? My father meant for us to help you. Whistler's daughter. What the hell makes you think you know about hunting vampires? Just for starters, I used to be one. Blade Trinity. There's nothing stopping them now. There's me.